With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, October 20th. And with any luck, I'm actually in Greece as we speak. Hopefully my flight landed. But we are not taking a break from providing you with your next best financial decision, with a conversation with you about whatever's going on in your financial life. If you'd like to get in touch with us, all you need to do is hop onto our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button and then you check the box and you let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. I know some of you are shy, but I really do prefer to talk to you because sometimes we ask a follow-up question. Often when I'm reading an email, I say I need more information and, you know, it's tough, but I get it. A lot of you are very busy. It's important that we try to get some of these emails out the door. So this is from Allie, who says, my wife and I love your show. We had our first baby over a year ago. We're in need of a financial checkup. We're confused about how to prioritize different areas of spending and saving, and we would appreciate your sage advice. Our main questions, are we on track for retirement and how much should we be putting away? How much should we be saving in a 529 plan? How much can we spend on home improvements? Or should we finance them with a home equity line of credit? How much should we have in our emergency fund? Okay, here we go. Here's the info. We're both 37. Our son is 15 months old. We're planning on one more kid within the next couple of years. We do live in an expensive area. We own a home. It is worth $1.4 million with an $882,000 mortgage. Thank goodness it's a 3% interest rate. Okay, Allie says, I just got a new job and I make $175,000 base and another $100,000 in commissions. I also have the remainder of a $70,000 sign-on bonus that applies through November. That will be another $56,000 next year. My wife is self-employed. Her income fluctuates. She nets about $80,000 a year. My God, they're making a lot of money. Expenses are about $13,000 a month. Debt, fifty-three grand on a student loan, sixteen grand for an air conditioner. All right, I would pay anything for that. Zero percent. They need to get another car in the next couple of years. Retirement, I have $187,000 in a 401k. in an IRA with a single company stock. Oh, you know I don't like that. Wife has $113 in a 401k and a SEP IRA, as well as $49,000 in a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA. She also has $7,000 in an HSA. She doesn't touch it. 529 plan has $2,400 
and cash savings is about $105,000, and there are restricted stock units worth over $100,000 vesting over four years, 5% in uh, November of this year, and then uh, 15% in November 2023, 20% every six months after. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about priorities. So in terms of your savings, you have $105,000, but what I think you need to really focus on is that you've got these expenses of $13,000 a month. I don't know if you feel comfortable with your wife's you know, variability and what's going on. It sounds like you are saving a lot of money, but if you have $13,000 in expenses every month, that means you have to have at least $80,000 in an emergency reserve fund. And if you're a little spooked by having, you know, so only six months of those expenses, you could double that and um, have more. But, you know, you're probably right in the in the ballpark having your 105,000, you know, eight, nine months of your living expenses. So what do you do in terms of your, I think this is sort of like one of those triage questions. So you've got your emergency reserve fund. So the debt, the debt is what we need to start focusing on. I know that it is, you know, 3.35% is pretty low interest rate. I don't know if that's variable or not. Is that going to move around? Is it a private loan? Is it an old federal loan? But in general, what I would say is I'd like for you to be focusing on paying down the debt and building up your retirement. And if you are, I'm not sure if you have, whether you're maxing out your retirement contributions or not. If you want to know the priorities, it's always pay down debt, emergency reserve fund, maximizing retirement accounts. You notice that I didn't put 529 on there. 529 comes after you've done all that. Now, if you are maxing out all of your retirement and you still have extra cash flow, sure, you can use a 529 plan. I'm not a huge fan of financing some home improvements. You got to tell me how much you're really going to spend. Ideally, what I would think is that as those RSUs become available and start vesting, use that and make that your home improvement fund. It's sort of nice and clean that way. Once you've gotten past this next few years, you know, and you have the next kid and you've got things sort of on autopilot, after you're able to max out all your retirement and put money in a 529, if you still have more cash flow after that because you've paid off your debt and some money's freed up, then open a brokerage account. And if any of this sounds crazy to you, get back in touch with us. I promise. I'll, I'll walk you through it. Okay. Credit card debt is my subject from Shelly. Long story short, short, she says, I have about 18 grand in credit card debt. How do I get that to zero? Here are the options that I've been going back and forth on. One, try to qualify for a loan and roll everything into one payment. Two, coming up with a snowball payment method. Three, working with a debt consolidation company. My husband really wants me to go through debt consolidation, but that's not an option that I want to pursue at all. I'm sure this isn't much info to go on, but I also wasn't sure how much detail you need or want for a random question. At this time, the credit card payments are on time. Nothing is behind. I've stopped using them. I'm also working with a therapist as to figure out the mental why. Not sure of a better way to say that, but I believe that with addressing the core issue and the hard work it will take me, I can do it. 
Like I said, I'm sure there's more financially to it, but just a professional opinion is what I'm hoping for. Okay, Shelly, let's break this apart. So just in terms of debt consolidation in general, I'm not a fan. I don't like debt consolidation companies. I feel like many times they do the work that you could do yourself and, you know, there's no fee involved if you do it yourself. So I don't think that's it. I think that, you know, first of all, the idea of kind of figuring out where the credit card debt came from, why you spent this money, that's perfectly reasonable and smart thing to do because you don't want to do it again. What you didn't mention is that, you know, how you're paying this off. I mean, you could potentially try to take all the money, roll it into a personal loan for one payment. I don't know what you mean by a snowball payment, maybe a little bit at a time. What you really want to try to do is comb through your cash flow, isolate some amount of money that is available to pay back on these cards and really just do what is kind of the simplest way, which is list every single debt in descending order of interest rate. You make the minimum payment on everything else except the one with the highest debt and all available cash goes to that one. And if you automate it, then hopefully it won't be quite as onerous. I just a little bit worried about where you are financially, what other assets are available. You know, I don't know if I think putting this all into a personal loan makes a lot of sense. Um, Sometimes the easiest uh, answer is right in front of you, which is you can do this. It's about your cash flow. You've already stopped the damage. And uh, I'm also wondering whether there's any other money that is available so that we could try to pay a chunk down. So I need a list of your assets and I need to know what your income is and we can help you take the next step forward. Okay. Jim says, I want to get your thoughts on this topic. I have most of my bond allocation in a total bond fund. It's got an intermediate duration of around six and a half years. I do have some in short-term corporates, three-year duration. I have been wondering if I should take advantage of the inverted yield curve and lock in some two-year treasuries. I was just thinking I'd shift out of intermediates altogether or just go with two-year treasuries or a treasury fund ETF with a shorter duration. Do you think this is worth it? They both have about the same yield right now, but the short-term treasury funds NAV, net asset value, has fallen a lot less than the total bond fund. And with rates continuing to rise for a while, I thought this would make sense. What do you think? Oh, and this would be in a tax-deferred account. Well, Jim, this smells a lot like a little market timing to me. Um, I don't know what else is going on in your financial life. It does not seem to me to be the smartest thing in the world to start moving things around, chasing opportunities in this moment. Here's what I'd really like to know before you pull the trigger. What's the size of this portfolio? What else is going on in your financial life? What other accounts do you have? Is there a way that when you put new money into, say, the a deferred account, you can choose shorter maturities? Dave wants to know, am I on track to retire in two years at age 60? Dave writes, I'm 58 years old. I'm married with no children. I'm anxious to retire from my corporate sales career to potential work part-time at something less stressful and more fulfilling. Isn't that the truth, right? I have no idea what this part-time transition looks like right now. My wife is 52. She is a nurse practitioner. She earns about 130 grand a year. And 
She plans to work until about age 64. My income varies year to year, but I average around $160,000. Our combined retirement accounts have a value of about $555,000 in IRAs, $990,000 in 401ks. We have a $120,000 brokerage account and $90,000 in cash. We owe $342,000 on our home mortgage with a 2.75% interest rate. God, I love you guys for all these refis. It's amazing. We have 18 years left on the mortgage. The home is valued at about $575,000. I don't have a great handle on what our expenses will be. I am budgeting about $10,000 per month for bills, living, health care. I'm guessing you have a few questions you'd like to ask. Please do. Okay. How much money... Do we really think you can earn in whatever this thing is? Are either of you entitled to pensions? Would you consider um, doing something for longer? In other words, if you are going to retire when you were 60, would you then be willing to work for, say, 10 years? There are some missing pieces in this puzzle. I mean, you've got a bunch of money, which is great, but, you know, 10 grand a month is real. And just to put that in perspective, gang, like when you're thinking about, oh, I need, you know, $10,000 a month, let's say that each of you will be entitled to, say, Social Security at age 67. Maybe you have five grand or six grand coming in between the two of you. So now we need to get another five or six grand a month or probably more like six grand a month. And to get six grand a month at the age of 70, I kind of need you guys to be accumulating more money. This is kind of also predicated on how much you're saving right now. And if your wife is earning $130,000 a year, she's going to work for another dozen years. That's all well and good. But your income missing from this equation wouldn't put a lot of pressure on her and you really wouldn't be able to save as much. So I don't know if you're on track with this plan. I'd love to have you come on the program because I've got a lot more questions. I really do. Um, I I really think that we could could flesh this out and try to come up with different scenarios. That's what I would be interested in doing with you. Uh, This is from Chad. What should we consider when we're looking for an estate attorney? I feel like we have everything else in order. I want to make sure my daughter is protected should something happen to me and my wife. Okay. Um, What you're looking at is someone who's actually an estate attorney. In other words, not someone who did your real estate closing. So somebody who actually has that expertise. That's number one. I usually like to get a referral. I mean, you want to find out, you know, who who is this person's typical client? Is it someone like me? You know, you don't want to go get an, an estate attorney who focusing on people who have mega estates, maybe it's somebody who just is kind of a neighborhood kind of person. Maybe you could ask a CPA or a, a friend for a referral. But mostly my big my big consideration is to make sure that the person is actually an estate attorney and that's the full-time gig, with the, that's what they do. And that the person actually has clients that kind of look like you, not look, but you know what I mean, who are in your similar situation. I hope that helps. Okay, that's it. That's the program. We are delighted that you joined us today. And remember, if you've got a financial question, we'd love to have you come join us on the program. Just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. While you're on the website, subscribe to the newsletter. It comes out every Friday and Mark does a great job with that. 
And don't forget, we've got a poll question up there. So right there, it says take our poll and you can pre-order The Great Money Reset. That's my book that will be coming out in January. All right. Do something nice for someone else today. It's going to make that person feel good. And I promise it will make you feel good. Grit, growth, grace. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.